everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. As always, I'm your host, Mike Murray. Today, I am joined by Coach Fink from the St. Petersburg Aquatics Club down in St. Petersburg, Florida. Coach, Florida going through some record temperatures this week. How's everything going down there at Spa? Um, well, we keep in a pool. It's still pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of pools in the area that don't have any chillers or anything in there. So uh, they're getting kind of warm, but but we're keeping ours right around 80. I love that pool. One of my favorite training trips of all time was to that pool. And uh, we always have a great time when we're down there in St. Pete. Coach, congratulations on being named an ASCA and Fitter and Faster top 10 finalist for the age group coach of the year. Uh, this is something that, you know, you have done before. And uh, we are so thrilled to be able to celebrate that with you this year. And we wish you all the best of luck as we narrow down the last few candidates. Talk to us a little bit about your background in swimming, how you got involved in the sport, uh, and how important it is to you and your family. Um, okay, well, I, I came to swimming probably in, in an unusual way for most coaches in that I was not a swimmer. Uh, I have three kids. Uh one of which is now well known, uh, but I had three, had three kids, and they all. My wife was a swimmer in college; she swam at Ball State University in Indiana. And so, uh, when my when I got married, my father in law said, "If you ever want to see her, you're going to have to learn how. You're going to have to go to the pool and swim." And so that's what I did. I did some master swimming for a little while, um, and then you know the kids got into the swimming, uh, and so I was taking them back and forth to practices. And uh, we're about, I don't know, 35, 45 minutes away from the pool. So it didn't make any sense for me to drive back home, drive back down, drive back home. So I would stay and watch practices for a while. And uh, the uh, spa is divided up into three major groups. There's the senior one group. That's the older kids. That's the high school age uh, and college kids who come back for the summer. There's a senior two group, and that's uh, anywhere from eight to 17 and that's the coach that's the group that i coach right now and then we have a junior group which is uh basically eight and unders ten and unders and uh the senior two coach uh left and uh coach fred lewis the head coach uh asked me one day on deck if i wanted to try coaching and i said well i'll give it a shot and that was like eight years ago and so I've been on the deck ever since. That's fantastic. And, you know, what's so neat about our sport is opportunities like that present themselves. And one of the other neat things about our sport coach is that, you know, the swimming world is a relatively small world. My stepdaughter and, and your daughters were teammates at both Florida and NC State. And yep. now we're here. We get to talk swimming together. And how fortunate for you to be at a place with your kids where, you have somebody like Fred Lewis. And, and yeah. one of the things that's always impressed me about Coach is that anytime I was down there training, you know, I used to ask him if I could watch a couple of his practices. And then I watch him dive in and swim his own workout. <laughs> yeah, he does do that whenever he gets a chance. Uh, after we pull the lane ropes back to a short course, uh, yeah, he, he usually tries to get in his uh, 2000 or whatever it is that he swims uh, right. right after practice. What a great example of, of life, lifelong health and fitness. And uh, I know that that's an important part of the spa program. Now, coach, 
When we talk about developing age group athletes, what are some of your philosophies that you put in place with your team? What are some of the cultural backbones that that you have at SPA and, and that's helped lead your athletes to some tremendous success? Well, first of all, um, we make sure that everybody understands that, uh, from my standpoint, you have to be there because you want to be there. You have to be there because it's fun for you to be there, and you have to have fun while you're doing it. Otherwise, you're not gonna you're not you're not going to last. Um, you got to find something you you enjoy doing uh, for two hours a day, six days a week, almost 360 days a year, whatever it is. Um, you know, staring at a black line at the bottom of the pool is not necessarily the most uh, interesting part of swimming. Uh, so you've got to have fun doing it. You got to have good teammates. Uh, you know, the way we're divided up, like I said, we're uh, senior one, senior two, and then junior group, and you grow, th you grow through the program. Um, so we keep kids around. We have a pretty good retention rate. Um, but we are a competitive swim team, and we, and we make sure that people understand that we are a competitive swim team. We're not, we're not there just to play around. You know, we don't come to practice uh, and, and sit on the wall and talk to our friends and talk about school or talk about girls, talk about whatever they're talking about. Um, you know, you're there to practice and, you know, the, the swim meets that we have, and we host a lot of swim meets during the year. We, we attend, um, I think the last count I had, we host um, about 12 swim meets a year. And so we may, you know, make sure that that's, tell them that's the fun part. You know, practice is work. You can have some fun the swim meets are the fun part for that so it's really a matter of having fun making sure you you know that you're there in a competitive atmosphere and uh and the kids enjoy working against each other no doubt about it and i and the results are are proof of concept for you all and you've had some tremendous athletes come through the program over the last 25 years um, and certainly during the time that you've been there in the last decade I know that you probably get this question as often as I get this question, but you probably have a little bit more experience answering it. Uh, what is it like to balance coaching uh, high-level athletes, uh, as in your daughters and your son, and trying to maintain that balance at home? That was always a challenge here for us. We, we were able to uh, have some pretty good success with it, but uh, you're at a different level now. So... What was that like as the kids went through your program and as they continue to swim today? Well, um, the best way to put that is uh, at home, we don't talk swimming or we talk as minimal swimming as we can. Um, Bobby was just home uh, last week and uh, I guess mom said something and Bobby says, no, we're not talking about swimming. <laughs> So we maintain that separation between swimming is at the pool, home is is family. And uh, that's just been a general rule of ours. Um, I don't coach Bobby and uh, I'm, I'm his dad. That's what I am. Same thing with the girls. I was their dad. I, I tried not to coach them. I left that to Fred. That's right. It's such a delicate balance, uh, you know, and, and we tried to have that same type of uh, philosophical backbone here, which was we didn't bring it up unless they brought it up. So yeah. 
Uh, I think that's a, a really important piece of advice for all those coach dads out there. And, uh, you know, certainly continuing to learn here as the youngest of our older three is, is just getting into her college career. So yeah. it, it's uh, it's always a challenge, right? Yeah. Good luck to her. Yeah. Uh, I'm thankful I'm out of the college scene now. <laughs> yeah, you're you're finished. That's right. Yeah, we so. still have a ways to go with a with a nine and eleven year old here too. So uh, we we got a lot of work left. But one of the things, coach, that I wanted to ask you was, you know, Spa has has famously been known for having great four hundred IMers, having great two hundreds of stroke, having great distance swimmers, and and Coach Lewis's background has kind of led towards that. You guys have also had some great sprinters come through the program. So talk to us a little bit about your training philosophy at SPA. Well, you know, I, I uh, summer, my middle daughter uh, was at the national camp oh, 10 years ago or a little more than 10 years ago. Um, and Jack Roach gave a talk to the group. Uh, and it's on YouTube. And, uh, and this is before I started coaching. And the one thing that's, that he's told the kids that stuck with me and Summer was 12 years old at the time, is that uh, if you do nothing else, make yourself into a great 400 IMer. And so it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, diversity being able to swim the four strokes. Um, and so I I tell my kids that I coach, and even though they're you know 10 to to 17, even the 10 year olds, I tell them before you leave my group, you've got to swim a 400 IM. That's just that's one of my one of my things that I want you to do. And and most and I, I have to say, most of them do that uh, without without uh, too much complaints. <laughs> um, uh, trying to, to measure the the sprint versus distance area. Um, <laughs> distance, it seems like, is something that you have to uh, you have to finally just accept um as a swimmer uh we have as you say we've had some great sprinters come through uh, megan romano uh, a great sprinter came through um and then in the distance of course you had bobby and and uh, robert margalis and the im and breaststroke you had melody margalis all all of those came through spa and and the way practices are divided up uh, the practice isn't divided up so much so as there's a distance set and there's a sprint set. Um, but the lanes are divided up between, okay, you go in this lane, you go in that lane, you go in that lane. And you know what you're going to be doing, what you're going to be working on. And Fred does a fantastic job of making sure each, each group of, of kids gets what they really need out of the practice. You know, we've got a sprinter uh, that he is working with trying to get him up to uh to a, a collegiate uh level um i think he's in i think he's a junior in high school right now and works with him tirelessly uh the same way he does with uh brinkley hansen and, and sawyer hansen i don't know if you know the hansen kids yep all four of them carrington brinkley sawyer and Suddy. i have Suddy in my group uh and sawyer i have sawyer and Suddy in my group um the way we work with those guys because they're distance mainly well frankly is distance uh carrington is backstroke sawyer is whatever he decides to want to swim <laughs> he'll do great at it no matter what um and so we make sure that the age kid that we know what their interest lies in they 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 find their interest we don't force them into something 
Mm-hmm. You know, we don't say, okay, you're going to be a breaststroker or you're going to be. And the same thing as parents. Uh, we don't. I, Summer, when she was, was, a, was an eight and under, she was a, a butterfly. That's what she wanted to do. Well, she turned into a 400 IM and distance kid when she got to high school and college. You never know what they're going to be. So we don't force kids into a mold. Um, they get to, to find themselves in the pool, what they're good at, what they want to do, what they enjoy doing. That's my, that's the philosophy basically. And it's obviously, again, proof of concept with all of those athletes that you mentioned, certainly the Margalis is some of the most versatile athletes, uh, during my time as a coach, uh, so fun to watch their progression over the years. Talk to us coach about why kicking is so important for swimming (laughs) and the type of kick sets that you do with your group. Uh, this is kind of interesting because uh, I'll ask we have kids come in and visit from other club teams, you know, during the summer or during Christmas or, or whenever. And uh, a lot of them are, are not used to the amount of kicking that we do. And, you know, from my standpoint, since this is all I've ever known, uh, we, we don't do a whole lot of kicking, you know. Uh, but if you, if you watch swimmers today, and I and I'm I have a I have a an advantage over others because I can point to my son. Mm-hmm. I can say he's swimming a mile and he's doing a, a, a four or six beat kick for a mile. Okay, I'm asking you kids to do it for a, a fifty or a hundred or a two hundred. We don't we rarely have any sets that uh, are repeat two hundred kick or something like that. We don't do that. We do repeat one hundred, repeat seventy fives, repeat fifties. And in some cases, like now, we're doing some 25s, but kick on your side. Uh, So the kicking is is different all throughout. We do backstroke kicking right now. We're we're working on rotating the shoulders, but this is with a kick set. Um, Kicking on your side, fly and freestyle kick on your side, uh, all those different things that work into it. Kicking is, you know, they call it the fifth stroke. Um, And and it really is. I mean, you just watch the guys who, who are and girls who are successful these days and they are the ones who are doing the kicking uh throughout the whole race uh there's no doubt about that and i think you know if we look back over the last eight years the last two quads you really started to see that ledecky style six beat kick right out of the gate in london when she when she made a name for herself really her coming out party and now all distance swimmers seem to be doing that um, yeah. So, you know, you make a great point there and, and certainly being able to have the uh, the kick endurance to go the mile and be able to come back that last 400 with a screaming eagle kick. Um, <laughs> so important. Yeah. And, you know, it's some of the kids are can do it. Some kids, I mean, not everybody's a natural kicker. I mean, let's, let's face it. There are some kids who just, for whatever reason, they just cannot get the kick down. And for those kids, you know, they say, okay, you're going to kick the last, you're going to kick from the last, uh, the flags into the wall and from the wall out back to, to the flags. And then you can go back to your two-beat kick. But I want a six-beat kick going in and out of the walls, those kind of things. And and you want your kids to have success in doing what they're doing too. Um, and so you can't make things, you, know, you can't have a kick set where the kid is is constantly 25 yards behind everybody else and, and falls behind so far that that he can't make up the distance. Um, and so you have to work those things around too. Uh, but kicking is fundamental with kiff, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> sure. 
Sure. I remember the last time that I was there, I saw a whole bunch of the brick kickboards. Is that something that you guys use a lot? We don't use a lot, but um, we do use it probably, you know, maybe a, two or three times a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, uh, yes, we do use the bricks and, and the kids hate those. Um, but yeah. That's how you know it's good for them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the kids don't seem to mind kicking now, the ones that I have now that have been with me for a while. Uh, and the bricks seem are something different that they, the first, you know, the first uh, couple of, of rounds they're fine with, but then they realize, hey, this is harder than I wanted it to be. <laughs> Do we have to use bricks? Yes, you have to use bricks. I'm sorry. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, sure. So. Now, when we talk about training for the 400 IM, because our club philosophy is is based on the 400 IM and the 500 free, and the kids can go up and down from there. Yeah. Um, what are some of the sets that you like to do with your group? Doesn't have to be too specific, but give us an idea of something that maybe your kids like, or maybe something that you try to challenge them with. Well, you know, there are some kids who enjoy it. That, I mean, they prefer the 200 IM more than anything else. They don't want. To, they don't like 400 IM. <laughs> Um, and so we don't really do a whole lot. I, I wouldn't say we do a lot of a whole of, of IM sets necessarily. Um, we'll do, uh, something to, to change each round up a little bit. We'll do reverse IMs a lot, um, without the freestyle. So it'll be, uh, a, a 75, 25, uh, press, 25 back, 25 fly, or, uh, we'll do a, uh, a 150 the same way or we'll do it we tell we leave out the, the freestyle portion portion of it because that's they get enough freestyle work as it is sure. um the biggest thing about i am work that that i'm finding anyway is not matter it's not a matter of the strokes itself um because those you can i mean you can do lots of sets with breaststroke you lots of fly lots of breast uh, backstroke sets um but doing the transitions and getting quick quick transitions between the strokes that's a huge thing that i'm trying to work with the kids on and that we're trying to work with the kids on you know when you're doing a back to breast turn everybody used to do the you know the open turn uh touch on your back turn around look and go and uh and we're trying to get them into the crossover turn uh at a younger at a younger age younger age gotta do it this day and age yeah you can't can't go around it and and a backstroke you know i have a lot of kids on the on the breaststroke uh they want to do the the flip turn at the breaststroke on breaststroke which i'm not really a fan of but uh you know some of them try and do it we try and keep them onto a, a normal uh two-hand touch uh turn and go types for the backstroke and or for the uh breaststroke and the and a butterfly but the transitions between the strokes is the biggest thing on the im that we're having it's not a matter of endurance so much uh because the kids are getting that anyway um as you say doing a 500 or or a, a 600 we do 600 we, we do 400 600s we don't typically do 500s necessarily themselves um but being able to do the transitions is is the biggest thing right now in in, in our im sets sure and when you think about how you help lead those kids towards different events are you encouraging them to sign up for maybe their weak stroke at a meet to work on that how did what's your philosophy on that this is an area where i have an advantage 
with the parents because the parents your kids are the ones who are typically signing up their kids for the for the meet and um and they'll take what the kid tells them um and it has it, it was our philosophy from the time the kids uh, i think summer's first usa swim meet was, was she was six years old uh our philosophy was from the very first meet that they did you will swim one event of every stroke and the IM doesn't count. So you had to do a, a breaststrokes event. You had to do a backstroke event. You had to do a butterfly event. Didn't matter. Every every meet you did that. And the other part of it was, and I'm I can't quite get this through to a lot of a lot of people is, you go to a three day meet and you can swim say nine events. That's the maximum you're allowed. We swam nine events, and I'm trying to get these parents to understand that nine events is not gonna kill their kids. Nine events, they may not get the best time that they want on that eighth and ninth event, but at this meet, but they it will get there. Uh, so we swim, we swam every every meet we swam, we swam the maximum amount of events we could do. And that's the way I try and lead our, my kids into doing right now. Again, one, one, one event of every stroke, as many events as you can. That's I how we're going it, to be. I love it. That's what we do too. And uh, this will be good for me to play back to our parents too. To <laughs> get a little bit more education. And it's a great segue because, you know, this day and age, we really have to look at parents as partners and, and collaborative in, in trying to help their athletes continue to progress and enjoy the sport, right? That's the most important yeah. part of it. So how do you uh, at SPA, how do you and the coaching staff interact and engage with parents? Well. We have a, I, I lead a, uh, we, have a we have a series of, of, of parent education sessions that, that I, I'm, I lead. Um, and one of them is introduction to competitive swimming. In fact, we're gonna be doing that next month. Uh, one of them is introduction to college. Uh, what's the next step and uh, goal setting, uh, these different things that the parents actually have an input in which you agree with the kids had a lot more input in, but um, so for example, the introduction to, to competitive swimming, I go over what's what USA swimming is because most of them have no clue. Mm -hmm. um, we'll go over how they enter a meet, um, what to expect, what not to expect, <laughs> not to coach your kids, um, don't expect best times every time they go out and swim, and if they don't set a best time, it's not something bad. Um, so that's that's I mean, and like I said, I've got a, I've got a, a little bit more credibility with the parents because I was a parent or am a parent. And then, you know, I've got Bobby. So <laughs> I can always throw him at them. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's it's a matter of, of getting them to to understand what they can expect, what they can't expect. Also, the fact that they're going to have to sacrifice. Um. <laughs> I tell people that the last vacation that we took was when Bobby was four years old and we went to Hawaii for 10 days. And that was in, uh, that would have been in 2003, 2004, 2004, I guess it was. And I tell them that was the last vacation we took. All our other vacations were going to swim meets. You know, right. when they started making national cuts, they got to go out to California. They got to go up to New York. They got to go different places. Um, and it's funny because I asked Melanie Margalis the same thing when she was giving a talk to the parents a few years ago. And I, 
I, and I brought up the question in the middle, in front of the press. I said, did you guys take vacations? No, no, we didn't take vacations. It was, it was, we give the kids 10 days after their last championship meet of the season of the summer. Um, so some of, so we're just actually coming back from that right now. Um, and that's the time we try and gear them towards taking their vacations. Rarely works, but you know, the school system screwed us up there because now they start school on August 1st or whatever down here. And it's, yeah. it kind of messes that up. Uh, but we, we had to tell them you're going to have to sacrifice and, and the, your siblings are going to have to sacrifice. Grandparents are going to have to sacrifice. It, it's everybody. It's not just the kid doing things. Um, you're going to give up things that, you know, you, maybe you want to have a birthday party or you maybe want to do an overnighter with somebody. And I'm sorry, you've got morning practice the next day. And it, that's not just not going to work. Um, or if they're going out of town for some reason, we had a kid who goes out, of, out to Colorado every summer uh, for two months. And uh, as long as he's out there, as long as he finds a pool and a swim team that he can swim with when he's out there, then that's fine. And the kids who take their vacations, we try and stress them, find someplace where you can swim while you're there. But yeah, it's a matter of sacrifice. Parents have to sacrifice, kids have to sacrifice. And uh, we try and get that through to the parents through these sessions that we hold. No doubt. I mean, that's one of the most challenging aspects of our sport, especially when you start getting into the high level and uh, you see how much sacrifice it, it takes uh, and it takes a community, it takes a family community. And it might even take the club community. You know, when you start, certainly I know when, when I leave my team to go to different things, whether it's a select camp or whether it's, uh, you know, a juniors out in Irvine for 10 days and, you know, backed up to two different meets. I mean, it, it's a lot, and and a lot yeah. play a role in it. It's a, it, it is a lot, and and uh, you know the way we work it, we've got Fred handles senior one group, I handle senior two group. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four coaches who do the junior group. Um, and so, if like for example, Fred went to uh, Futures, which was up in Ocala here. So I stayed back and I, I coached senior one and senior two. Uh, I went up to senior champs. He coached senior one, senior two while he was down here. Uh, and we separate those kind of things out from the coaches. And parents don't seem to understand that, you know, they'll ask, are you going to this? Are you going to that? Are you going to this? Well, I've got to stay back and coach. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got to do this. i got to do that. You need to worry about getting yourself, uh, getting your kid there and getting them ready to go as far as, having a hotel room, if you need a hotel room, make sure they're eating right, uh, make sure they're going to bed when they have to go to bed, make sure they get to practice on time, make sure they get to the meet on time. Uh, they have enough, they have a job to do, and that's that's part of their job when I go to away meets. Oh, no doubt about it. Hey, are you familiar with the term getting thinked? <laughs> uh, just a little bit, yeah. My... Fred uses it quite a bit now. It's my athletes. They say it at practice. They say it at meets. Uh, everybody seems to talk about it, especially the last 50, um, you know, 25 plus coming home. Pretty remarkable. Uh, I, I have I have to laugh every time because in practice, uh, we'll do a set where, uh, and Fred will tell him, he says, you have to think that last 50 or you have to think that last 25. <laughs> And I'm standing over to the other side with my group. I'm just, uh, <laughs> you know. 
it's it's probably shared and spread all over the country and it's so great to see the proliferation of men's distance swimming again in this country it's something that was always uh, a really big source of pride for american coaches and athletes talk about what it what it means to you what it means to bobby um to kind of bring the energy back into it and you know we have young athletes on my team and again we have a culture of being more successful at longer events but we yeah. have young athletes who are looking at bobby now and a couple other guys who are coming up and you know they want to do the mile they want to do the mile at a 10 and under they want to send the 400 <laughs> I'm not sure at 10 and under i do a mile but <laughs> how excited uh, are you and how excited uh is bobby to see this kind of coming back well, you know, uh, it, it's just it's I'm I'm obviously very proud of Bobby, um, and he has matured greatly over the past four four years or more. Um, I mean, he made his first world's team in 2017 when he was 17 years old, and uh, so he's grown up a lot in that time frame. I think he. Uh, yeah, I'm speaking for him now. I think he is just as excited about the development of of distance swimming, not just in the U.S. but across the world as well. Um, just as excited about the development of distance swimming. Um, he did a podcast with Kyle Sockwell the other week, and I don't know if you saw that. I did. Uh, where they talked about for the first time they didn't break to a, a commercial in the middle of the 1500. <laughs> <laughs> progress. Yes, progress. That's right. Um, and from from my standpoint, it, it's it's just kind of awe inspiring to see, because um, I'll 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 put a lot of uh, uh, praise on on him and on Nesty and on Fred um, for helping to bring back distance swimming with Bobby. Um, I mean, he changed the way he's changed the way a lot of kids looked at distance swimming, um, and that's just kind of kind of strange to me i mean it doesn't feel normal to me but uh, he uh as you say now your kids are talking about swimming that last 50 um and you saw half Nui and short and those guys at worlds and they're swimming the last 50 um and everybody's talking about swimming the last 50 and, and closing speed and uh, i i'm attributing it to bobby at, at, at tokyo i i don't maybe i'm off, off base there but i i think he had a lot to do with it there and i think he has a lot to do with it now so it's just a matter of being you know proud of your son proud of everything that's been accomplished and excited the, for the future oh no, no doubt about it and and i think that there's there's even more there that that's going to be brought out by great competition in paris and other world events moving forward one thing from knowing a little bit about Fred Lewis, uh, he's talked a lot about enduring speed over the years. What do you have to do to have a great back half? And it's kind of become like, you know, we want to have the best back half at every meet we're at. Do you talk to that? Do you talk to that effect to your athletes? Do you talk about how important the back half is? Well, we'll do a lot of sets where we negative, we're telling them, I want to negative split this. You know, you've got a negative split this set. You've got a negative, you got I want you going out in a 400. I want you to do the first 200 in this. I want you to do the second 200 in that. Um, and you got to get faster. We'll do a lot of descending uh, sets. 
And, and that's really where it comes from. We don't really do a lot of talking about, hey, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It's not like we're yelling at the kids to, to uh, as, as Bobby said at, at, at Tokyo, when he said they're always yelling at him to, to shift into another gear. Um, we don't necessarily do that. And Fred's yelling, you got to thank them. You got to thank what he's doing now. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's really a matter of the sets that we do. Uh, descending and and uh, negative splitting that we do a lot of negative splitting. When we we talk about you know the next big meet coming up, um, and and we look at the Olympic Games and and the U.S. Olympic Trials, you look at the top five guys in the world. Their best times are all within you know a couple tenths or a second. I mean, it, this could come down to being one of the most competitive fifteen hundreds on record. And I think, you know, we might see three or four under fourteen thirty. What about you? Um, I have my own predictions that I'll keep to myself. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I I think that the fifteen hundred and and the eight hundred to a, a lesser extent, maybe I don't know if it should be a lesser extent, are really the two races. Uh, to watch in Paris. I mean, those are the two that are going to be the most exciting races, I think, anyway. And I'm not just saying that just because my son swims those events. It's because, like you said, you've got you got Wiffen, you've got Short, you've got Hafnui, you've got uh, Welbrock, you've got Romancha, you've got Paul Tenari still there, you've got Bobby, you got, you know, uh, all these guys. And any one of them can win the gold. I mean, there's 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 not going to be a favorite among them, I don't believe. As far as being under 1430, There will be, this is, I'll give you this much of a prediction. There will be four guys under 1430. That's, I'm, I'm just saying there will be, I'm not going to say who the four are, but there will be four guys under 1430. Well, you know, I, I'm hoping that, that the one that goes the fastest has an American flag on their cap. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but hey, you know, like he he said after the after the mile at, at Worlds, you know, fourteen thirty one, looking up and you got second. Uh, and it, Bobby doesn't like to lose, and, and he'll tell you that he says I don't like to lose. Uh, the time was a good time, and, and is it time to be proud of? But I, it stings, stings a little that I still lost. Um, and so he doesn't like to lose. So we'll see what happens. None of those great ones do, and and it's, yeah. it's a great bridge to this question, Coach. Is you know, you've had two daughters who excelled at a, a really high national level, and and Bobby. What are some of the things that you've noticed about your children? And it's hard to speak candidly because they're your children, and you always will build them up. But what are some of the things about your kids that separated them from maybe other athletes that you see? Um, and it doesn't have to be a result of, of any sort of parenting style, but but what did you what did you notice about your kids? that helped elevate them to the next level in our sport? Um, I tell I tell the kids that I coach this, and uh, you can have all the talent in the world, um, but if you don't have the desire, if you don't have the attitude, um, it's not gonna mean anything. And what I, what I see in my kids in Bobby and Summer and Autumn, um, 
was that desire. I mean, when Summer was, was I told you she had her first swimming at six years old. And that summer, we swam for a little club here in Dunedin, uh, Florida. And that summer, the there was one, um, what do they call it now, artistic swimming, used to be synchronized swimming group in the county and they decided to try and drum up some some interest in in their in their uh, sport that they would go around to some of the local pools and they brought in uh one of the gold medalists from atlanta uh from the synchronized swim team and summer got to hold that gold medal and she decided right then and there at, at six years old i want one of these and yeah it's easy for a six-year-old to say but and we and we told us you want one of those okay you can get one of those but this is what it's going to take they've always understood that to reach the levels that they the goals that they set for themselves that it required hard work they always had the attitude um i i get frustrated with kids today who come in late to practice and to no fault of their own you know school doesn't get out we start at 4 30 some schools don't get out to 4 15 and they've got a 20 minute drive so they're they're not going to be and practice on time but when they walk in they're walking in and then they spend five minutes changing and everything else we live 35 45 minutes away from the pool and my kids got out at 410 they changed into their suits into the back in the back seat as soon as we and they put their caps and goggles on uh as soon as we as soon as i stopped the car in front of the pool they got out and they ran to the pool to to get to practice i mean that's the desire they had uh to excel and i think that's they've always had a competitive spirit um and they probably got that from both mom and from both their mother and myself myself particularly love beating me in anything uh bobby and i play chess online now and uh when he was younger we played chess not online uh, but I didn't take it easy on him, you know, and so I was beating him most of the time. Now he's not taking it easy on me. <laughs> he, he is crushing me in chess almost every time. Um, but they developed that competitive spirit, I think, from from both their mom and myself. Uh, but we told them, you you got to understand this is what it takes to do this. And and they've all understood. They've, they've all accepted that. And they've all uh, been very successful at it. I love it. I love it. And I love that competitive uh, spirit being uh, transitioning into the board games, too. I know how that happens. It can get heated at times. Yes. It, yes, it can get heated at times. <laughs> no like you're playing Monopoly or something like that. Yes, it can get it can get heated. Uh, but their competitive spirit, it's, it's competitive in a good way. Right. You know, they're not going to, you know, uh, I can remember uh, summer. Uh, and another little girl beat her in a 50 fly or something like that. I don't know. And the little girl got out and said, I beat you, I beat you, I beat you. And that just killed Summer. Cause, uh, and and I, I I told my kids, no, you don't do that. You know, that's just, that's just being, I know you, it's a child, but still, you just don't do that. So maybe we, maybe we, uh, we matured them early. I don't know. Um, or force them to mature early. I don't, I don't know. Whatever it, it worked, and uh, I tell 
people the story about Bobby. I was at trials in, in uh, Omaha 2021. And uh, I was down uh, looking at the videos of, of the races. And uh, Brennan Gravely, who's on the Florida team, was down there with Karen Smith. And I had never met Grant, uh, Brennan before. And he introduced himself. And, and he said, uh, you know, he, he, he adores Bobby, looks up to Bobby, and he's a great swimmer. Uh, but then he said something that really made me more proud. And he said, but the better thing is he's a great person. And so, you know, we can have competitiveness and we can have everything else, but you've got to be a great person as well. And that's the most important part. And I've told that in interviews before. It's not a matter of how fast you swim. It's a matter of what kind of person you are. Because swimming career, and I tell the kids, your swimming career is going to be, what, 10, 15 years, maybe, if you're lucky. How old are you going to be? You know, how long, how long are you going to live? If you live to be 85 and your swimming career is over at 25, you've got 60 years that you've got to fill in. And you've got to be some kind of person at that, during those 60 years. What kind of person you you decide you're going to be? That's what makes those sixty years worth living. Man, that's that's going to be the first clip that we take out of this video. <laughs> so so appreciate your time today, Coach, and and so looking forward to uh, meeting you in person once we get to trials next year. That'll be super fun, and uh, you know yep. I, I I'm really uh, excited for you, excited for your family. Uh, it's been a great journey to watch. What, what's the one thing that you're most excited about for our sport moving forward? Um, I, I really want to see the sport grow from a... Um, I get frustrated uh, right now with uh, the local talk sports show on radio that I listen to uh, on my way down to the pool and back um, because all they ever talk about is the Rays and the Bucks, you know, baseball and football. That's that's it. I, 24 hours a day, Rays and football. <laughs> baseball, football, baseball, football. They didn't say anything about worlds or anything like that. I'm looking forward to the time where we're going to have some national coverage or even local coverage. This is a local radio station. And, you know, Bobby just set two American records and there was no mention of that at all. I'm looking forward to a point. I think we can get to there. I think we're getting there since they didn't show any commercials during the 1500, that I think we're getting to a point where maybe national sports and maybe local sports will, will uh, start picking up on other things besides the big three, you know, baseball, football, and basketball, and start picking up some of the Olympic sports. Because I think that's where most of the kids that, that uh, how, many, how many pro football players are there? How many pro basketball players are there? Versus how many people's, and, and you can't keep playing football into your 40s and 50s and 60s. I'm sorry, you, can't, you ain't going to. No. Nope. You can do baseball, maybe. Uh, we have the kids, and, the kids and Cubs group down here, and those are all men over 85 or something like that that play uh, baseball, softball, whatever it is. Um, but swimming, you get into Masters. And you just had Masters Nationals and, and just a few weeks ago. Um, and swimming is something that you do for the whole life. It's not something you do for those 10, 15 years, and then you're done with it. Um, so I think we're, we're going to get some, start getting some recognition of, of the sports that you can do those things with. And swimming is, is on top of that list. 
Well, Coach, thank you so much for the time today. Looking forward to getting this out uh, this afternoon, this episode, and uh, we'll be sharing it across all of our platforms on Fitter and Faster. And uh, certainly on, on behalf of ASCA and the Fitter and Faster Swim Camps, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. You guys uh, have a good day. Good luck to your team. Good luck to your daughters. Thank you.